Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. So, Father, we thank you this day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And through the relationship that we have with what you called man's necessity, when you said, not good that man would remain alone, I will prepare and fashion a woman perfect helper, ideal companion, helpmate for him to accomplish his responsibility upon the earth. So Lord, teach us that we might know. Instruct us that we might be edified and lead us in the way we should go in this manner so there's no darkness or confusion, O oh God. And Father, I pray that every woman who hears this message might rise up in this generation, within the framework of where you have placed her and as she has an expectation from you that there would be clarity of thought and purpose, deliberate pursuit of your heart's desire for their existence. Be glorified, Lord, as we celebrate and we move in the defense of a virtuous woman. In Jesus' name we pray the church says, amen. The, the concern that some might have that we continue to pursue the excellence of character in both men and women is through the roof. A lot of men do not want to be challenged in the calling they have to represent Christ in character upon the earth. Imitate Christ, um, becoming conformed to his image, um, having the expression of the manifold grace and wisdom of God is a huge order. Uh, I've given this book, What is a Man?, to endless amounts of thousands of men. Uh, we have just printed another 20,000 that are waiting for us in Puerto Rico. And that's just going to be the initial nuclear bomb that will go off in that nation. Because we plan to print 50,000 copies and saturate the whole island so that no one has any doubt that there's a road map to champion manhood. And as we pass this book out, many men read it and they say, yeah, but that's the ideal man. That's like the perfect expression of what a man should be, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not, I'm not going to raise up to this level. Well, that's, that's your concern. I know that there are men out there that want the roadmap to champion manhood and are going to be like Paul saying, I forget what lies behind. I'm pursuing with all I got that which Christ wants me to do. And so there's men upon the earth that want to champion manhood the greatest gift that could ever be given to a woman is a real man. Then you don't have to clean up the acts of an immature, irresponsible, inconsistent, unstable man. I've sat there over thousands of time watching the sorrowful faces of a woman that has to be cleaning up for these immature men who have wandered off into relationships who have been irresponsible with their time their talents and their treasure and the bible says a woman reflects the glory of the man and because the man is into pornography because a man is into laziness because a man is into rebellion or disobedience the wife's countenance has fallen and so it's a horrible thing to be in covenant with the man who is not raising up to the challenge to be like Christ. The greatest gift a woman could have as a wife is to be married to the character of Christ. Uh, Christ is faithful, a faithful man. He's hardworking. He's obedient. He's 
He's worthy to be promoted because he walks in humility. The Bible says because he humbled himself, God gave him a name above every name. That at his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess he's Lord. He deserves to govern. He deserves to tell me what he wants us to do because I know he's not serving himself. He's serving a greater cause. He's not led astray by mammon or the concerns of this life that choke the life of God. He's not pursuing worldly accomplishment. He has a greater call. And this is a refreshing to a wife. It's joyful to be married to that man. But then we, the counterpart is that God intended for a woman to know where she needs to express and manifest herself as what God created and not a distortion or a falling short of this character. As I read Ecclesiastes 7.26, my Bible says, I have found something that is more bitter than death. I find something more bitter than death. This is a morbid reality. You'd rather be dead than be caught by the woman whose heart is a trap. The expression that God says in his word that is a bitter existence is for you to be in the snares almost like captured a net to the hands that hold a man fettered, the handcuffs, unable to move in the direction and purpose of God. He who pleases God, if you line up with what God desires, you're going to escape from this nightmare. And so I, I continue to be a great source of instruction for godly men and virtuous women. That, that women might know that there is an actual accomplishing the expressions of what God created in a woman that, that has the capacity to fulfill God's purpose. He who pleases God will escape from her, but those that err, those that go astray, shall be in her trapped. Oh, those are horrible expressions. Um, I've always been terrified of a bear trap. Um, the I don't know if you've seen them. The, the only time, I, I, I really haven't seen them in real life, but you see them in the cartoons a lot. The two apparatuses that you pull apart and the, the, the bear steps on it and it clamps and, and that's it. You're not going nowhere, bear. Um, you're stuck. And so... Here, I advocate for this thing called man. Whenever we talk about what God desires to do with man, there's never a lack of those that come against God's purpose for man, even woman. And, and I thought it was going to be hard to capture the heart of men by telling them truth. But our first experience was going into Mexico where they're machistas, where they're supposedly, you know, gun-slinging, beer-drinking, fist-fighting, macho men. And when I go there, I'm surprised 24 years ago that the problem in Mexico are not the machista men because their moms, foolish women, have raised those men. And I found out that the, the, the vast current of cowardly men were raised up in a matriarchal system by a mom who told him, mistreat your wife. So that, that was crazy. And when I saw that, I said, wait a second. The problem in Mexico are not the immature men. It's the women that raised them. And they called to their children after they're married Come back home, leave your wife and your children, and come back to mama. Come back under my skirt. Come back into my home, and now be devoted to me 
and, and spite God and spite his order. And, and so that surprised me, uh, even to the extent that as I was ministering to marriages in Mexico and trying to find out where the sinister assault was, it was in the mother-in-law that was spiking the relationship to the detriment of her sons and grandchildren. So here, the Bible also describes there to be an existence more bitter than death, and it doesn't say it's poison, and it doesn't say it's the great white shark. It says it's the woman who has, the Amplified says, it's the immoral woman who's destructive and leads you into irrational existence of death, comparing her to the snares of nets and fetters, chains. But if you please God, you're not going to fall in that midst. Um, we're not going to spend time highlighting this woman because what we said is we're going to be in defense of a virtuous woman. I want to contrast the fact that there are ungodly and wicked expressions of womanhood. Um, it doesn't correspond to me, other than I'm a preacher of the Word of God, to teach what the Bible teaches, but it corresponds to the older women to teach the younger women how they should proceed. So I know that, that, that God has to have given anointing and capacity for a woman to teach women how to be virtuous, attending to the priorities of God in their expression. The woman celebrity, uh, Hepburn, I don't know if it's Catherine Hepburn. No, it's Catherine. Catherine Hepburn said like this in her memoirs, upon the earth, she was a great artist and movie uh, celebrity. She made glorious movies for America, Catherine Hepburn. Um, she says, upon the earth my entire life, and I did not live as a woman one day. That has to concern you, that you could be a woman and be upon the earth and stifle the expression of what God intended because you had other pursuits and priorities. I think Margaret Thatcher, Prime Minister of England, said it also. If I were to do it all over again, I would serve my marriage and my children. I would focus upon my family and not the affairs of political life as a Prime Minister of England. So you see that in the latter part of a woman's life, if she did not focus upon the priorities and the attentions of the word of God as God would have it, it doesn't matter what you do, you fell short of carrying on the purpose of God upon the earth. Um, the end of a woman's life, she's going to be greatly praised or there's going to be a huge lack of purpose and meaning because she attended to other affairs. So in contrast to the virtuous woman, we have all manner of expressions in the Bible um, that teach us, instruct us not to go the way of a wicked woman or what we call an ungodly expression of womanhood. Um, Names like Delilah, who thwarted and subverted Samson's plight in Judges 16. Um, the young daughter Sal Salome and her mom Herodias, who danced before Herod and asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter. Just intentional, spiteful regard towards the expression of righteousness the bible says never had a man lived that is greater than john the baptist in his purpose and calling that was said by jesus christ and yet there's a woman 
asking for this man's head on a platter. There's the expression of Jezebel, we all know well. Another woman, queen, um, married to Ahab, that is contrary to the expression of what God desires. She's promoting everything against God and destroying every expression of godly existence, threatening Elijah, telling him, I'm going to do away with you, chasing him, pursuing him. What is to say of Potiphar's wife who seduced Joseph away from his call to serve his servant? Lot's wife is looking back and not looking forward to the best interest of her husband Lot and his family and the lineage of righteousness that God wanted to come upon the earth. As a result, his grandchildren become the Moabs, the Moabites, and the Ammonites. Two expressions of tribes against God. You, you woman have the opportunity to raise up the next Billy Graham. You woman have the capacity to sharpen your son and daughter to serve the kingdom of God with excellence or to hate God and hate church and hate family and hate marriage. Um, Francis Schaeffer's son, a great Christian philosopher and apologist, his son Frank Schaeffer is a mess. Doesn't believe the Bible, think God's an idiot, thinks that, that the word of God doesn't apply to real life, uh, spews foolishness, writing books against God and against righteousness and against biblical virtue and principles raised by two of the 1970 reformers, top-notch supposed man and woman, Francis Schaeffer, his wife Edith, and yet they produce a man who has no capacity. This is what he says. He says, I believe in uncertainty more than I believe in certainty. Well, guess what? Heaven and earth will pass away. The word of God will not pass away. That's certainty. You could take it to the bank. Even if you don't understand what the Bible says, that is reality. And that's truth. And it's not going to be accommodated by any man or woman. Let every man be a liar. Let God be true. At the end of the day, what the Bible says needs to be our roadmap. And so in that regards, to raise up children is the, is the charge and responsibility of woman. Uh, conversations that I had when I was choosing my virtuous woman is I needed and I knew God would provide a woman that could form a marriage relationship and would raise up my sons as her first priority. You, you cannot serve multiple um, expressions of responsibility. The, the first five years of a child's life are called the formative years. And if you're dropping off your kid at some daycare, someone else is forming your kid. Someone else is understanding life from a vantage point because he has not a woman who fears God. And so uh, long conversations with my sons, almost their whole lives. You have a beautiful option here. Even my spiritual sons that were born before my biological sons, where I told them, you don't want to be cursed with a woman who doesn't fear God. You better make sure. Listen to me. These young men were not thinking about a wife or a mother. They were thinking about a hot babe. And so it was very difficult to, to tell them and capture their attention and bring them to 
30 years down the road now at 18. Because they're like, Pastor, I don't see it. Well, you're going to see it. Walk by faith and not by sight, son. Walk by wisdom. And today, I praise God for those spiritual sons who paid attention even though they didn't understand. Because right now, they're living high expressions of glory and peace and joy. But there were a couple of those guys that they, they went, Ecclesiastes 7.26. They're still there. They're in the snares of a crazy woman. So, so these, and a lot of people says, what's this have to do with spirituality? Because you're not going anywhere with a foolish woman. I'm spending too much time on the foolish woman. I want to get on the virtuous one. I'm going to get there. Because I want to give you the real deal and not the counterfeit. I, I want my sons to be well married with a woman who fears a God because charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. A woman who fears God is to greatly be praised, and I want to praise her this morning. There's a, the Bible is replete with women that have gone in the wrong direction, wrong current, and for some reason, I rub them wrong, and they hate my guts. But just like Jesus is nauseous, and he says, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. When the certain women come before the Lord and he's able to display their track record of ungodliness and wickedness, they're sure to receive their lot from God. I gave her time to repent, but she refused. This is what he says about Jezebel. So I, I have to believe that, that every woman applies in the pursuit of being called to virtue. Uh, Proverbs 31, verse 1, as I was talking these matters over with a man, he says, every time I come near my family members, they give my daughters and my sons the wrong instruction and conversation. Here, Proverbs 31, it says, the words of Kim Lemuel, why are the, the words that are coming is from his mouth? It's because it was the utterance which his mother taught him. And you'll see a lot of times that a son will carry in his mouth the words of those who raised him. And so just like I was telling young Rick, what do you think about the Bible? And he says it's meaningless and useful, unuseful or whatever, useless meaningless and useless and his father says you, you can't shut a child's mouth after you filled them up for 15 years teaching them that the bible has no bearing of existence no reality and so here the words that were in king lemuel's who wrote proverbs 31 the king's words had come from what his mother taught him and and, and unfortunately we live in a generation of men who have not fathered well and the the expression of every video every every music video every song every dance they're not men like timothy who mom and grandmother were able to direct him to god there's a lot of foolishness on the landscape and i think it's from a passive father but it's from a mother who is like, anything goes, there's no boundaries, everything will be okay. The nurture of teaching your children to cross boundaries that are set becomes a curse to their future because what's going to be in their mouth is what is in their mom's heart. Verse 2, what, O oh my son, and what, O oh the son of my womb? Son of my vows. When you have so many of these questions in the heart of your children, here comes the instruction, verse 3. The very first instruction she gives him, and a virtuous woman gives her family, do not give your strength to women. 
close the avenue of the passions of the lust and the flesh, which are devastatingly destructive. Do not give your strength to a woman. Do not give your ways to that expression that destroys kings. So you're raising up someone who has the capacity to rule. We always say in this church, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the nations, rules the world. What a mother, what a mother is able to impart to her children will determine the seriousness of who they keep company with and who they celebrate and who, like I told that man in the pool, who are your son's heroes? Because right now, your son has no heroes. And he thinks intellect and academics and knowledge is going to be his pursuit, but without wisdom. Do not give your strength to women, nor to those things that destroy kings. And so you do well, virtuous woman, highlighting those things that destroy men and that destroy women. I love watching Dateline and 48 Hours, and all these criminal shows of all these young women like Gabby, what's her name? Pico? I forgot what her name. She just got killed by her boyfriend. Her, her parents didn't teach her that to be with that young man across America was high danger and peril. So she jumped, she left her home, and ran away with her boyfriend. And so I will sit with my daughter and say, my daughter, these are the things that destroy queens. Foolish little men. And so ended up dead by the hands of this fool, but her parents didn't teach him that, didn't teach her that. Oh, Gabby was so fun, and Gabby just had her own personality, and she really didn't listen to anyone, and she really didn't pay attention. And, and I'm like, who raised her? It wasn't a woman who feared the Lord. The little girl had no wisdom, and came to die at an early age. So, so to be able to teach our children the expressions of destruction, I want to say again, the wages of sin is death. Don't, don't think that, that it's little. It, it culminates in great destruction. In other words, you'll no longer be on the planet because death has a hold on you when you are in sin. So these expression of these transgender and these all the expressions of lesbianism, homosexuality, um, drunkenness, orgies, rebellion, none of this is to be celebrated by those of us who know that it's the destruction of mankind upon the earth. We should take serious acknowledgement of sin. In fact, you can tell your family members, I've told mine, hey, uh, I noticed that you are reveling, partying into sin, and my Bible says that the payment of sin is death. And then they tell me, but don't, don't, don't talk to me like that. Why, why, are you, why are you calling me out like that? Well, because the Bible says that that is, that is the rules of the game. And the devil will call you into sin to hold you captive and kill you. It doesn't matter if you're 14, 15, 16, or 20. And so I, I want to say that we will be incredibly surprised in heaven when we ask the Lord, why did that young man die so young? Because he, his life was pursuing sin without restraint. He, he didn't have something calling him back and holding him in check. So do not give your strength to women. Do not walk in the ways of destructive. Verse 4, it is not for a king, O Lemuel, it is not for a king to drink wine. There's parameters for wise decision making. Be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Be influenced by the Spirit of God. For rulers to desire strong drink. Um, don't allow things to intoxicate you. And a lot of times you're not intoxicated by 
alcohol, but you are by sexual immorality. In other words, you are, are being driven by a passion that, of pleasure to the flesh. And, and she says, don't allow that to happen. In, in fact, circumcise your heart. Not my will, thine be done. Not what you want. Walk against the unbridled passions like Paul tells Timothy, flee from youthful lust. And that's what she's telling them there. Don't allow yourself to be driven. I, I was telling Joshua last night, my son, I said, Joshua, when I was your age, a little younger, I was terrified to fall in love with a woman. Because to fall in love means you've handed a woman your heart and she's not godly. So she's going to drag you through the coals. You're going to suffer a lot because you let your emotions pursue, be pursued and not wisdom. You weren't making wise decisions. You were led by the heart. And so I was terrified to be captured by the lewd seduction of a wayward woman. There would be no ministry. There would be no marriage. That would come to an end. There would be no family. There would be no children. There would be no structure to glorify God. So these things are things planted into the hearts of children by a virtuous mom. And now, I've met in the last 20 years many women, I have to attribute to who's doing the influencing, that have told her husband and her children, do not walk with Pastor Molina. They forbid company with the wise. Why? Because it was detrimental to just moving in any direction. So many have said, uh, Pastor Molina, I'm not going to allow you to influence my children with your dogma, with your radical teaching. Today, they wish their children did walk in the wisdom and the fear of God. Because if you're not walking in that direction, you have the tendency to walk in any direction, and it's a scary thought what ends up in the life of children that are no longer arrows in the hand of the mighty. He conti she continues on to say in verse 5, otherwise they drink and forget the law. Your passions will make you forget God and perverts justice, and then all these that forget the law and pervert righteousness, they're afflicted. They're living nightmares upon the earth because they did not have the instruction to be kept from these things. Verse 6 continues on to say, give strong drink to the person who is perishing and wine for those who are bitter of heart. Um, the mixture of the company here of those who drink cause great ruin. Verse 7, let him drink and forget his poverty. The purposes of people who drink is, is to forget their sorrows, no longer remember his trouble. They don't face the challenges. They don't address them. They, they don't overcome them. Verse 8, she says to him, open your mouth for those who can't speak for the rights of all who are unfortunate and defenseless. Open your mouth and judge righteously. You're, you're the measure and standard of God for your generation towards those that are poor and needy. So that's that we become instruments in that regard. And so she's saying, quit being a womanizer. Quit making bad decisions. Stand up to be a man of righteousness. Use your authority to speak. Judge fairly. Defend the cause of God upon the earth. These are the women that are raising up champions. Um, you want to be married to a man who's been instructed by a virtuous wife and not by a wicked woman. The, the cowardness of a man who refuses to side and, and I have to say this, and I was talking to Joshua. Um, I said, Joshua, as you know righteousness and speak righteousness 
and raise up your voice strong for that cause, you're going to be super attractive to a young girl. And not a witch. You're going to be attractive as you stand strong on your principles because our sons need a godly wife. And in this regard, we have all manner of expressions there in Genesis 24. I'm going to go quick now. When Abraham is looking for a wife for his son Isaac, he sends his servant. And what a charge it is that I say, okay, Pastor Kenny, go out and look for a wife for Joshua. Make sure you bring back a good one. So Abraham sent off his servant Eliezer to find a wife for Isaac. And so what would be those points? Are you already talking about those points with your children of what they're to pursue? What she look like? What she talk like? What is her priorities? In this particular instance, um, you see the story in Genesis 24. He says, Lord, make my travels successful. Genesis 24, 12. Please grant me success today. Show me favor. As I intend to serve my master Abraham in choosing a wife. Verse 14, he says, let it be that the girl whom I say, please let down your jar that I may drink. And she replies, drink, and I will also give water to your 10 camels, 12 camels. May she be the one you have selected as a wife for my servant. By this, I'll know that you are showing me favor to my master. Now, who wants to water a stranger who comes with 10 camels? And as he prayed, and, and, and I have to believe that just like God gives you a heart, he gives you kidneys and lungs and liver, that he's able to give you a good wife. That that's a gift from the Lord. He's able to give you a woman who when she opens her mouth, there's wisdom, there's expressions of fear of God, there's adherence to favor and obedience. And he says, make sure that she responds consistently in the direction of my favor. As soon as he finished, verse 15, praying, and I, I, I was telling, I, was I, I tell my sons, my spiritual sons, my physical sons, get on your knees and beg God for a good wife. Cry out to God. Tell him that you're not going to settle for foolishness. You, you want the provisions of his favor in your life. That as he finished praying, Rebecca came out with her water jar on her shoulder. She was lifting weights of responsibility, serving her family. And Rebecca was the daughter of her father, Bethel, son of Milcah. Verse 16, the girl was very beautiful. She's a virgin. She's not on the streets working the peoples. She was unmarried. She went down to the spring to fetch a pail of Jack and Jill, right? The servants ran to meet her and said, the servant ran, please let me drink a little water from you, from your jar. And she says, drink, my Lord. Super attentive Polite, gentle, not rude, not brash. She quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him drink. And when she had given him drink, verse 19, she volunteered and contributed, I will also draw water for your camels until they have finished drinking. And she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well and drew water for all his camels. Listen, um, there are some that are inclined to show themselves forth as capable and competent and able-bodied and, and, and some that just put them in a museum. They, they only want to be watched and they have no purpose in functioning in a servant's heart, servant mindset. She ran she, she, she quenched the thirst. I, I, people have done the mathematics. They said uh, 
any one camel drinks 20 gallons of water because they keep it for days. And, and so 20 times 10, 200 gallons bringing water out of the well and serving. This is not a particular time and place. The willingness to move in that direction, not because she's being looked at, not because she's performing, that's who she was, a servant at heart. And that's super attractive. And God has created men in that regard to see that character attribute. She emptied out the jars in the trough. Meanwhile, the man stood gazing her, watching in silence to know if the Lord had made his trip successful or not. Listen, verse 22, very important. When the camels were satisfied, when the camels had finished drinking, continued to move in that direction until the, the thing was accomplished. The man moved in the direction and asked, verse 23, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there any room for you at the fa- for me at the father's house that I might stay there? And she said, I am the daughter of Bethel. She knew who her father was and she bore to him Nahor. Again, she said to him, we have plenty of straw. We're willing to feed and to lodge you in a room the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord. See, the, the source of his finding this woman was his connection to prayer and seeking the Lord. Um, the, the, you read it at home carefully. I've been reading this chapter to Christina since she was eight. Because at the time she's requested to go to be a wife, she has been prepared by her father She has been bestowed all the equipping she needs to be successful in this charge of walking in this direction. Um, She consulted with her father and her brothers. And so you saw the Viking and the gladiator and the Spartan. Those are the people that watch our house and our daughter. She's not given to give herself away. They're asking, whose daughter are you? And she says, I know where my father is and my brothers. You need to go conduct business with them before I'm released. That, that is powerful, and it has no regret with it. Um, the Bible continues on to say that they, they went through the process. She became his wife, and I think that's when they say, and they lived happily ever after. Verse 67, Isaac brought her into his mother's Sarah's tent and he took Rebekah in marriage and she became his wife and he loved her. Therefore, Isaac was comforted after his, he was refreshed, he had peace. This this whole plight I know is a challenging one, but God continues to raise up virtuous women for our sons and courageous sons for our daughters that, that love and will treat our daughters with that high level of honor. Um, the Bible says in the New Testament, the instruction is women walk in such a way that you continue to carry the charge. First Peter 3 3. Let your beauty not be just outward. So I know as a response of looking into the Bible, that I'm not going to pay attention on the outward before I look at the inward. And a lot of women are really ugly on the inside because they have not been able to nurture a quiet spirit. An adornment is not merely outward arranging your hair and wearing apparel and accessories. Verse 4, a virtuous woman is looking after the hidden person of the heart. She's ministering to her spirit. Am, Am I, could I check my spirit? How's my inside looking? An incorruptible beauty that is laced with gentleness and a quiet spirit. So these are all 
measures outside of us that we can talk about. What does it mean to cultivate your spirit? What are the what are the character attributes of a woman who walks in virtue? Um, this plight in the expression of marriage is amazing. In the family with the children is more amazing. In ministry, it re is required to have that reality, which is very precious. She's living before God's sight. She's not attending to other matters. Um, we see that is a, an issue in those that put other priorities. Um, it says in verse 5, for in this manner, this is the road, this is the passage, this is the current, this is the DNA. This is the recipe. This is the formula. In former times, holy women who God trusted concentrated on these affairs. I see women, these former women, Ruth chapter 1 verse 16, do not urge me to go back from where I came from. Since I met you and I'm following you, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, that will be my home, and your people will be my people, and your God, my God. So that has to do with those women who are pliable, teachable. They, they, could be, they could go in the direction of that which pleases God. And so that obedience, that, that desire to serve, that desire to humility and meekness, um, is, is phenomenal. Going back to 1 Peter 3, verse 5, in the same way holy women who hoped in God would adorn themselves by being subject to their husband. Who, who would have thunk? Is that a word? That you adorn yourself by submission to your husband. I've seen that happen here for 24 years. Women get super good looking. There's a transformation when you see somebody says, no way, they're saying, yes, dear. That, that, that attitude of following God's lead and trusting God's hand and knowing that, that God has a purpose greater. Um, holy women who trusted God. How did they trust God? By submitting to their husbands. Trusting that God could lead and they were adorned not with outward vestments, but in relationship to their husbands. Um, God's design, God's heart, God's purpose, God's passion is to cause these things to come to pass. And it's very difficult with one who wants to adorn herself and not let God adorn her. Verse 6 like Sarah, who walked in obedience to Abraham, calling him Lord. And you're, you're a descendant and a daughter of this lineage if you do good and are not afraid and fearful of the consequences of you pleasing God. God will surprise you with where he's going to lead you. And so there, the book of Ruth, the book of Esther, we see this woman who walks in the beauty of an expression to sit upon the throne and to save God's people. And then 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, Hannah made a transition of attitude from a spiteful, arrogant, proud woman. God was able to break her, and she said, My heart rejoices now. I'm not walking in the difficultness of my holding myself out responsible for all these affairs. I'm just going to trust God and rejoice in the Lord. He's going to exalt me. I smile when all these challenges are making fun of me because I rejoice in how God is going to work this out. Trust God and move in this direction and see God's salvation. I, I tell you the truth, that entire nations are waiting for women to have a change 
of heart to go from arrogance and pride to meekness and humility. Verse 2, she comes to the revelation, there is no one like the Lord. There's none besides him, nor is anything able to sustain and build upon like a rock like our God. It's not, it's not wavering sand. I'm not going to end up regretting this. So she says, if your strength is in God and you trust him and his ways, verse 3, do not continue boasting proudly. Have no more expressions of proud words. Let arrogance be gone from you. Let it not come out of your mouth. For the Lord God, he knows and he weighs everyone's disposition and actions. So at the end of the day, God's balance will be determined and he will judge. He holds the balance in his hands. And when he holds the balance in his hands, verse 4, the bow of the mighty is broken. The confidence, depending on the bow, the strength of the bow, you grab some women and you try to exercise godliness and they crack. They can't help run the show. They can't help to meddle in the affairs of God. I am doing an intense study. You guys are going to freak out. But a book just came out that's called In Defense of Witches. And I've told some of the women here in the church, read the book. Why? Because you'll be incredibly fast-pressed, impressed that there are women that don't want to serve God, don't want to serve their husband, don't want to serve their children, don't want to have families, are an impediment and a hindrance to the work of God upon the earth. Because they're just going against the grain. And that's not who God has called us to be. I have no doubt that God created woman to be a blessing and a refreshing. And not to have their bows broken. Not to stumble and fall. Verse 5. Those who were full of hire are now starving. Those that have brilliant talents and giftings are now starving because instead of walking in virtue, they walk in rebellion and foolishness. And the hungry have ceased to hunger. There are people in our church, and this I have to say, that have had no history of a virtuous woman on the roadmap as far as they look back. They look back and they see rebellious, brawl-burning witches from the 60s. They have no footprint, but they have decided to follow Jesus. And they're the most amazing women, wives, mothers, and women of God that I have ever known. And then some that could look back for structure of a thousand years of godliness and have decided we're not going to follow that paradigm. It's ancient, it's old, it's antiquated, and now I'm going to do my thing. And they become the greatest curse to any man who should be trapped in her snare of foolishness. So as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, he's setting us free from captivity. He's bringing us out of darkness to light. He's given us the assurance to not say, and I'll tell you what they said as I was growing up. They said, you know, marriage is a little box of secrets here. You never know what you're going to get. Guess what? You better know that the rivers of God's living water are flowing from the heart of that woman who decides what it says in Proverbs 31, many women are going to do well, but she who fears God, she will be greatly praised. We're going to see expressions of her existence that are going to fill the earth with glory. And then, sadly enough, here it is. Proverbs 31, verse 29. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Don't worry about charm because it's deceitful and beauty is passing. A woman who fears the Lord, verse 30, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise.
appraiser at the city gates. Does that mean that this woman that decides to go against the current of this world and decides to line up with what God has called woman to pursue, she will have the end result of the expression that fills the earth with glory. Let no more proud talk come out of your mouth and arrogance from your lips, for the Lord weighs your actions. He's the one that makes one poor, 1 Samuel 2, 7, and makes another rich. He's the one that brings down low, and he's the one that lifts up. Way before a facelift, God wanted to give you an entire lift to another expression of glory that you might not know. And I'm here to let you know that there are still women upon the earth that are holding on to God's standard and measure for excellence. A spirit of God in them is strong to adhere to the truth of God. Let's stand today and ask God, because it's a vital point, a vital part of our expression of godliness upon the earth. We need godly men and virtuous women. And this cannot be an imposed upon function. There's there's not going to be an imposed, obligated, you know, you have to. No, listen to me. If you're a virtuous woman, you want to honor God, the king, have it expressed in the countenance of the the joy. Um, I'll tell you a real testimony. And... I've watched this play out for 24 years. The anger in the children who didn't have a strong father and was what Wellington Boone calls henpecked. A woman who continues to second guess and lead her home to her own destruction. The Bible says that she's like an ostrich. She tramples her own. She's proud and arrogant. She's doing her own thing. Um, In the 1980s, they started doing something called test tube babies. They said, the women said they had grown so strong. They said, we don't need a man. We're going to do this on our own and we'll have babies in test tubes. So they would go and get a seed, sperm, and plant it in their womb. And those kids grew up and in the 20s, the children said to their mom, how could you be so selfish not to give me a dad? How could, how could you dare trample the essence of what I need in watching a man champion the challenges of earth being instructed by a father and you have acted so arrogantly and foolishly that you trampled God's design And they hated their mothers forever. They could not tolerate the fruit of a foolish woman. And the same is true with divorce. And the same is true with not being able to exemplify. I always said, Lord, why did you put Yvette in the place of submission? Because she's much more brilliant than I. And the Lord says, because your sons are watching. And I need them to see the character that she displays. And in that example, and in that demonstration, you guys know my sons and my daughter. They've been able to curtail their strength and meekness. And then the Bible says, meek shall inherit the earth. Father, we thank you today that we are concerned with those things talked about in the Bible. And that your spirit is transforming us from glory to glory, even into the likeness of the expression of Christ's character. So allow us, Lord, to continue to move in the direction of excellence. We applaud and we celebrate virtuous women. We we hold them out to be highly valuable, far surpassing the value of precious stones. Lord, give them an understanding. 
give them a heart, give them a passion to manifest what Sarah was able to leave as an example to her daughters and being able to raise up a family and to help Abraham and to see it come to pass, the father of faith, a great and mighty nation, no doubt because of the display of inward beauty. We pray your blessing and your help and your spirit would bring this to pass. We pray that you bless the families, bless our trip to Puerto Rico, bless the families of the earth there, Lord. Allow them to see that there is a roadmap and a formula and a recipe. We pray, Father God, that you give us favor. Grant those who travel, travels mercy, Lord. Supply us with everything we need, Lord. Open the doors. Give us the blessing to that city, O oh God, of Ponce, so that we might shower them with the understanding of your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. See you on Wednesday night for Bible study for those of us that will be here in Miami.